Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's J-M-I-E, your 481st favorite podcast host and as always you're sherpa down this road of nerdiness and on today's episode we are taking it back in time here recently i have gotten really big into um retro gaming vintage gaming whatever you want to call it basically trying to rebuild the video games from my childhood rebuild the collections we had and the games we played and i've collected a decent amount of past video game systems and it got me to thinking about when I was young, in the early 90s, mid-90s, late 90s, the entire 90s, thinking about the the video game console war that was happening. Long before PlayStation and Xbox even were a thing and they were even in the fray, we had a rivalry that was on par with anything you've ever seen. I mean, it was up there with North versus South. It was up there with the Crips and the Bloods. It was up there with anything you can think of, and everybody, every kid picked a side. And I'm talking about the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the SNES, the Super Nintendo for short, and the Sega Genesis. Growing up, I remember, unless you were one of the very few select children whose parents could afford both consoles, you you either had a Super Nintendo or you had a Sega Genesis. And generally you would stick to that console and you would argue and you would fight and you would do everything you can to try to tell everybody that that was the superior video game system. You know, we've all played both of them. You know, we had friends. Usually you find a friend that has the other one that you don't have and, you know, you'll take turns playing it. But you never really stray from knowing the system that you have and the one you love. You know, so I'm going to compare these two, and I'm going to tell you who really won the best video game console war I think we probably ever saw, because there were so many sold. And you know, this this is all hearsay. Uh, I'm a little biased. You know, growing up, we were a Nintendo family, and I was a Nintendo kid. We had Super Nintendos and Nintendo 64s. You know, I never had a Sega Genesis. The only Sega system we ever had, my older brother got when we were, when mm, he was about 16, I believe it was, he got a Sega Dreamcast, you know, and that was the only Sega system we ever really owned. I played Sega, but we owned Nintendos. That's what our parents bought, and I loved it. So I'm, I'm a little biased on this, and I think generally, like I said, if you are... If you played these, you had one growing up, you were generally biased towards that system. But we're going to compare them, and we're going to see who actually won that video game war, in my opinion. you know. Um, let's just start off by saying that Sega and Nintendo actually started before this. When the Sega Genesis was released, Nintendo was still operating on the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment 8-bit system. And Sega came out saying they were 16-bit Sega Genesis and the updated graphics and it had updated audio 
and uh, this speed processing, you know, that Nintendo just wasn't capable. In fact, their slogan was, we do what Nintendo don't. And I remember all that happening. I mean, I was very young at the time, but I remember later on when you're seeing this, you know, getting a little upset because, again, you know, we were Nintendo. But that all changed when the Super Nintendo was released and it was Nintendo's 16-bit console, and it rivaled the Genesis, and it kicked off the war to end all video game wars, to where you pick the side and you ride. You know, Sega started after that talking about this blast processor and trying to brag that their, you know, their their processors was so much faster and they had so much speed, and you know, Nintendo just couldn't hang with what they were doing. And it was a great campaign. If you remember the the commercials that Sega put out that were just catchy and so 90s and for a kid just made you like, wow. Um, when they were talking about their blast processor, which I don't think is actually a real thing. It was just a, you know, uh, it's an advertising words to draw you in and make you look at the product. But it was a... They were showing Sonic the Hedgehog on the back of a dragster, a top fuel dragster, as it's shooting down the racetrack. And then they pan over and they showed Mario Kart on the back of a ice cream truck. And we all know which one's faster in that regard. So, but comparing those two games is kind of apples and oranges. You know, they're two completely different genres. They're two completely different style of games. Of course, then Mario Kart game isn't going to be up to the speed of a Sonic game because Sonic is built on on fast-paced action the mario kart game is built on a racing platform and it's two completely different genres so you cannot really compare those two but if you actually break down into the specs of what the systems were both of them were 16-bit consoles which to this day i don't know what a bit is and to this day i'm willing to bet that you don't know what a bit is either but we all know that keyword when you hear bit 16-bit 8-bit 64-bit, 32-bit, we all know pretty much what that meant. It meant that you had better graphics. I don't know if that's what, in turn, it means when you're talking about graphics, but I think that, but that's what it was. Now, when you get to the CPU speed, yes, the Genesis was faster. It had a 7.67 megahertz processor compared to the Super Nintendo, who had a 2.68 megahertz processor. So, yes, the Genesis was actually faster. It had quicker load times and everything like that. However, that is pretty much the only time Genesis won. They had less RAM. They had less um, color possibilities. The palette for Nintendo's entertainment, their colors were brighter. They were more vibrant. They could have more colors on the screen at one time without overloading the system or lagging it. They had more sprites to where you could put more onto the screen without it lagging than the Super Nintendo did. Their resolution was better. It, the audio was better. Every, it, it seemed like Sega, Sega latched on to the one aspect that they had that they won, and they just ran with it. That they were faster. That they were faster, and. To be fair, they were right on that aspect, but they didn't really tell you the fact that they weren't winning any other aspects of the video game console war at that time. Now, that doesn't mean anything, you know. Again, it might not have been as fast, 
or it might not have had as bright of colors or anything like that. So let's just get into a little bit more of what made each one separate. When you look at the systems in general, the Nintendo is a square plastic box, gray, light gray, white, whatever color you actually want to say. The Genesis, and I'm going off the second generation Genesis. There has been four or five generations of the Sega Genesis systems, and that's counting the new one that is released now that has the games built into it and can still play the cartridges. But I'm going off the Sega 2 because that's the one that I remember everybody having. That's the one that I remember us all, all of my friends having. We never had the original ones. We had the the Sega Genesis 2, as it was called. And it was it was black and it was sleek. And it just, it looked cooler than the Super Nintendo. Look-wise, it won. The cartridges were, they were black, they were smaller, and they didn't take up as much room as a Super Nintendo cartridge did. So Sega wins in the looking aspect. Now let's get to the controller. The controllers, anybody who's ever held a Super Nintendo controller knows it is probably the best controller there's ever been made. It That, that dog bone shape fits perfectly in your hand. The buttons are perfectly placed. The L and R on top where you don't have to move your hands to hit them. Your fingers, where the Y, the X, the B, and the A buttons are, they're lined up in a four-digit row and a box shape, and it's so easy to move your fingers across it compared to the Sega Genesis controller, which is it's kind of wonky. There's only there's three buttons, a start button, and then the directional pad, and the three buttons are lined in a row, so you're having to jump your thumb back and forth. It's a little wonky, and the controller just doesn't fit as nicely in your hand as a Super Nintendo controller does. Uh, it, like I said, the Super Nintendo controller is probably one of the best controllers ever made. It fits everybody's hands perfectly, and it just feels right when you're holding it. The Genesis was just a little too much for me. It was it, it didn't have the, the appeal that I wanted. It doesn't have the hand feel, and it doesn't feel right when you're holding it. Now, so we're going to call that a win for Nintendo again. If you're talking about units sold, the Super Nintendo holds the record for the most um, units ever sold of a video game console. It sold 49.10 million units. That is a lot of units. Consequently, the Sega Genesis sold 30.75 million. Again, nothing to sell out yet. But Nintendo sold more. Now, Nintendo, if I recall right, Nintendo could have was, I believe, a little bit cheaper than the Genesis was. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, and I probably could have researched that. But from what I remember, the, the while they were close, I do believe the Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo, was a little bit, a, a little bit cheaper than the Sega Genesis. So that would have helped with the people buying it when at a time when video game systems were they they weren't as much as they are now but they were still a lot of money for the time and when people generally didn't have as much money as they might have now now getting into uh, the games I'm going to compare only two games and it's going to be the ones that actually came with the systems themselves that's right people you remember back when you were younger and you bought a video game system and it came with a video game 
you know you didn't have to buy a video game extra or if you wanted the video game to come with it you didn't have to pay a hundred or two hundred more dollars for it and a custom sticker laid on top of the damn system back when you know you bought the Super Nintendo and it came with Super Mario World and you bought the Sega Genesis and it came with Sonic the Hedgehog 1 both of the the mascots of the respective brands the probably two of the most recognizable video game characters of all time everybody has either played a Sonic game or a Mario game or both I mean if you haven't played both of them then what are you doing with your life if you've never played a Sonic game or you've never played a Mario game now I'm comparing the two that came with it and some people are going to say well why aren't you comparing Sonic 2 Sonic 2 is the better game than Sonic the Hedgehog Sonic 2 is a much better game than Sonic the Hedgehog. The second inter- the second version of Sonic is is a lot better. But I'm talking about the ones that came with the system. So when you were a child, when you open the box, when you plug your system in, the game the first game you're going to play is going to be the one that comes with it. And when you compare the two, they are vastly vastly different. Sonic the Hedgehog, the the animation on it looks a little more realistic. And as much as a blue hedgehog and a balding um, evil genius can actually look, the the colors were probably more vibrant at that time, just from the way the palette was set up and the way the system was ran. And then you look at Mario. Mario was more of a cartoonish look to it, um, and the colors were they were they were they didn't they weren't as deep. They were just bright, if that makes sense. This, the Sonic game, the colors were, they, they had a deeper hue to it. While the Super Nintendo, uh, Super Mario World game, which I have to be honest here when I'm saying this. Super Mario World is probably my favorite video game of all time. Um, I took for, It took forever for me as a child to beat it. But when I did, there was no better feeling than when I finally beat Bowser in Super Mario World. There was no better feeling. And I'll be honest with you, to this day, I've never beat Sonic. And I'll get to why I haven't done that in a minute. Besides the fact I didn't have a Genesis, there are other extenuating circumstances. But let's compare again. Sonic, when you're playing this game, Sonic is a fast-paced, mid-level platformer, if you want to call it a platformer. You're running at a high rate of speed, trying to not get hit by something and lose your rings that you collect as currency and basically it's a life board where you collect these rings you get hit once you lose all your rings and you get hit again you die unless you collect more rings you're speeding through you know green zone and chemical plant and all these cities and everything looks amazing and it's real fast and you know as a kid it's go 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 so it kind of plays into the I don't want to say quote unquote ADHD but the short attention span that a child of that time can have it plays into it because it's fast and it's a, a lot of colors everywhere now consequently when you look at the Super Mario world Super Mario is probably the one of if not the greatest platformer that's ever come to any system it is probably the best selling game one of if not the best selling video game of all time more people have a memory with Super Mario world than pretty much any game because it's a lot of our first video game we ever played was Super Mario World if you're in my age range and um, playing it like I said the colors while they're not as deep they're they're very vibrant and they're very they're very bright 
you have a world to where it's not as a fast pace. It's more of a strategic, hard game. And one thing about this is the power-ups. When you get your power-ups, that's what leads you to being able to take multiple hits so you don't die with one hit. Kind of like the rings in Sonic, except the power-ups give you different abilities, whether it's shooting a fireball or whether it's flying with a cape. Now, you're running into different enemies, and as you go from level to level, you're basically picking the level you want to play. You can go back and play older ones. There are different paths, different secret secret passages you can take to get to other parts of the screen. And it is a, I don't want to say an open world game because it's not an open world game, but you see the vast majority of the game and the world and you see what it is. And as you're running through it, it's just an enjoyable game and the music is just, it's fun. You know, we, we all know the the Super Mario World theme songs. We all know, you know, the sound of Yoshi. And we all know what it sounds like when you hit a Koopa with another Koopa. And when he spits fireballs, we, these are sounds that we all recognize when we hear. Consequently, on the Sonic games, when you're running around with it, it's the, the music is more, again, of a quick, fast-paced music. Good music. And that's one of the things about these two systems is that really I think the Super Nintendo kind of did a better job in the music department um, because there's a lot of music on the Super Nintendo that people have fond memories of and they love and the, and it's just catchy. And the Sega Genesis at times, a lot of their games sounded like it was over-processed or it wasn't processed right or they put too much time and effort into a, the way it, they tried to make it look better instead of worrying about the sound, and it just sounded, it can't sounded blocky, and the music just didn't pop. Now, going back to the two games, the reason I never beat a Sonic game is because if you play Sonic, then you know you get three lives to start out with. You can get more lives as you go along, but you start out with three lives, and no continues. So as you go through the game, if you lose all three lives, you start over. There's no continue, there's no way to put in a code to go back to where you were. So basically, you were supposed to beat the entire game in one sitting with three lives. That That's insane. And the game isn't super hard, but it's difficult enough to where that's a challenge. On Super Mario, which has a save feature, if you beat a ghost house, if you beat a castle... It will save your game and save your progress. So it had built-in memory cores. Another check for Super Nintendo. When you play these, when you played Mario, if you lost all your lives, you just went back. You didn't have to start the game over. You went back to Yoshi's house and you went back to where you were and you kept going. That's that was that's the reason that I was able to beat a Mario game. That's the reason to this day I've still yet to beat a Sonic game. I've got Sonic the Hedgehog now, and I've still yet to beat it. Nintendo, I mean, Sega didn't think about this, I don't think. And a lot of times I think game developers kind of overlook certain stuff like this. Now, looking back on the video games then, they're harder than they were now. If you think Witcher or, you know, Stray Dogs or Watch Dogs or Grand Theft Auto or anything like that is difficult now, go back and play some of the games that were on these systems. Go back and play Super Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghouls and Goblins on NES and tell me how Nintendo hard was 
that's that's the reason that there's a term called Nintendo hard is because they made the game so difficult you couldn't beat them. Many a controller, many a game has been broken because somebody could not beat a certain game because the developers said, <laughs> screw you, player. We don't want you to win. Now, when you look at everything as a whole about the two systems, the, the games both had an extensive library of video games. Both, uh, both of them had a lot of games that they shared similar names with, but were completely different games. The Super Nintendo versions of Jurassic Park and the Sega Genesis version of Jurassic Park are two completely different games. One's is a detailed platformer, the other is a top view scroller non-platformer. Shoot them up. You had games like Mortal Kombat that came out on both systems that the Genesis had the blood in it and the, the, the blood and the guts that, that made Mortal Kombat what it was and Super Nintendo didn't because it was more family friendly and they packaged it more to a family friendly type of game. So you had video games that were the same but different in their the way they looked, the way the audio was, you could tell the difference between the game systems, which one was on which system. If you give me a still shot of Mortal Kombat from Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo, I can tell you which system they're from because they look different. They sound different. If you're still comparing the two, there's really no comparison here. Super Nintendo wins this war all day. I mean, it, it just blows Genesis out of the water. And I'm not saying Genesis was a bad system. I'm not saying this. I don't have a blast playing my Sega Genesis that I have now. Yes, now, people, I am proud to announce that I have both a Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis. You know, the eight-year-old me is screaming and jumping for joy right now. But playing these two systems, the differences are... They're... they're they're staggering and not that much. They're both great systems to own, and whether you're a Nintendo person or you're a Genesis person, I mean, we all just love vintage video games, right? We all just, this is fun to banter back and forth, and I'll joke with you that my system's better than yours, but it's all in fun and jest because we all love, we all love these retro games, and it brings us back again to our childhood and that nostalgia of playing some of our favorite games like Super Ghouls and Ghosts or Chuck Rock or, you know, Super WrestleMania or WrestleMania the Arcade Game or Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart, you know, this Star Fox. The, these games that just brought us so much joy as a child, being able to look back now as an adult that I am and say that, you know, they're still bringing me joy, you know, 20 plus years later. Still being able to turn on that system, listen to the music, or hear the opening of Sega. You know, just that, it, 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 it releases something inside of you that just makes you smile. And makes you realize that the world is good. And uh, listening about a video game console is... You know, it's a weird thing, especially in this climate that we're in. But, you know, I take it, they're just, they bring you back to a simpler time to where things weren't so hectic, 
to where you didn't have a lot of trouble in the world. You know, you didn't have a lot of issues. Your biggest problem was, you know, how do I, how do I get past Bowser? No, how do I beat Bowser? How do I beat Castle 8? How do I beat Iggy, Koopa? Just small little things that these consoles bring and they bring up the nostalgia in it. And being able to give it on to a new generation who's growing up with, you know, cell phones and Angry Birds and Xbox Ones and 360s and four PlayStation 4s and Nintendo Switches. You know, it's it's still a great thing. If you're talking about it, who wins again? Super Nintendo. Nintendo won it. Um, I think it's a proven fact because Nintendo's still around. You know, the, they just released the Switch. The last Sega system we had was the Sega Dreamcast, and that was 20 years ago. That seemed like it, it might not have been 20, but it was close to it. Like, it was a long time ago. Sega's not doing systems anymore. They they bled everything they could out of the Sega Genesis. They tried to compete with it, adding a, the Sega CD and adding the 32X, and they did everything they could to try to extend the life of the Genesis. And in the end, the Genesis just could not keep up and compete with what Super Nintendo did and compete with what Nintendo was doing. But I'm not bashing it because it it brings back memories of playing with friends of mine, like I said, who had the Genesis, and being able now to go back and play the games that I never got to play because they were on Sega Genesis or playing the games and seeing them in a completely new light because it's different than the you know the system that I remember playing on the Super Nintendo is different than that game. It's a fun thing to do, and I'm glad to be able to bring it to you know, my nieces, nephews, whatever, and to a younger generation to be able to play these systems is a, is a cool thing. And I hope you'll go out and I hope you can tell me what system you had growing up. Um, tweet at me at NerdPoolPod to let me know what system you thought was better. Were you a Sega Genesis person? Were you a Super Nintendo person? Let me know. Just hashtag console wars. You know, let me know what you think. Let me know which one you think was better. Let me know some of the games that you like playing. Follow me on Instagram at Nerdpool Podcast. Follow me on Twitch at Nerdpool Gaming. I am going to be streaming some Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis coming up soon. I've got everything worked out now, so I'm getting a little bit more into the streaming aspect. I hope you will join me as we have fun and we just laugh and reminisce about these old games thank you all for the love for the support that's going to be it so until next time that's nerdpool see ya